0: Hey, this is Corinne Shalvoy. Welcome to the Training for Ultra podcast.
1: If we could just free ourselves of our perceived limitations and tap into our internal fire, the possibilities are endless. I'll tell you about it when it happened in the race, but to be honest with you, it happened even before the race. It happened in the training.
0: Great cause. Oh, thanks. I was that,
1: man, so keep do doing what man. You keep inspiring. For all you kids out there, stay safe strong. Hey everyone, it's the Train for Ultra
0: Podcast. Got Jurek here. I was physically totally wrecked. I, I had nothing left. I figured I might as well move as quickly as possible towards the finish line if I was going to be moving towards it anyways. How do you even do that? I decided if I could, you know, finish a 50-miler, I could probably run across the country.
1: 100 miles is not that far. Welcome to episode 172. Ultra Podcast. My name is Rob. I also go by Training for Ultra, and we have a great episode. We're talking to Corinne Chalvoy today. If you haven't already checked it out, check out the YouTube version. The first half of this, we have a in-studio interview session. So I put that out. Check out YouTube.com/slash Training for Ultra, and then um, you know you'll get to hear the rest of that episode right here on the podcast. Really appreciate everyone subscribing on YouTube. Big shout out to Exoskin if you haven't tried them out. Feel free to check out the show notes for the best discount code available. I believe it's 15% off. Same for Hammer Nutrition. Really appreciate those annual title sponsors. And we'll have a new one coming up here shortly. Enjoy this episode. All right. I'm excited to have Corinne Shalvoy on for an episode. She's been my athlete model for Exoskin. She does an awesome job. She's done So much work behind the scenes. And honestly, it's like the little times where you're just driving out to a place to set up for a shot where you learn a lot about someone. And I'm like, Corinne, why didn't we record half of our conversations? Because you're a fascinating person. You're an awesome athlete. And you've created a lot of really cool stuff. So thanks for joining me on the podcast. Thank you. You want to shout out your, your sponsors?
0: Oh, geez. Sure. Let's do it. Sure. Well, I'm an ambassador for ExoSkin. Love their products. Love their uh, toe socks in particular, but I wear a lot of their gear in races and in training. Um, swear by the toe socks, so I won't run a long race without wearing those from now on. So highly recommend them. Um, I am working with uh, Salomon as an ambassador as well and have been wearing Salomon shoes and gear for many years before this, but have been really excited to get to partner with them and learn more about the brand specifically. Um, and also a Squirrel's Not Better athlete.
1: Nice. You don't want to chafe.
0: No, chafing's bad.
1: Really quick, I want to hear about your Solomon experience in Moab. That seemed kind of epic. Like, yeah. I know we overuse that word, but. Was cool. no, it,
0: it, it was. I think it's an appropriate term for it. Um, yeah. So I got an, a huge opportunity. I was selected out of I think it was like 600 plus applicants um, to be one of 16 athletes that got to go out to Moab for four days of uh, running with some of the huge legends in our sport. Uh, in Courtney DeWalter and Max King and Jamil Curry. There were also some additional Solomon athletes I got to know there who were super cool. So we ran together. We uh, I learned from them a number of different things. We did some workshops like actual running technique, et cetera, but also learned a lot about content, social media, et cetera, um, and just got to know them as people. It was awesome. It was just a, a huge— uh, Wait,
1: Max King, Courtney DeWalter— <laughs> Jamil, they're like normal people. They're human.
0: <laughs> they are, absolutely. Totally, uh, what was totally what normal.
1: was your big takeaway? Like, was there one lesson where you're like, I'm using that in a race? Because that was, like, super helpful to learn.
0: So, yeah, I actually got a really good tip I plan to use um, from Courtney at Leadville this year. Um, just because I haven't worked with pacers and crew before. And, you know, her advice was just to tell them what I'm what I need from them and to be very straightforward with it and probably tell them that before we get to their race. Like, I'm going to tell you what I need from you. I'm going to tell you if I want you to be in front of me, behind me, etc. And I think that's huge because I've, I've worked with a pacer once before and I didn't really, you know, take that initiative. And I think it'll be helpful for me in this upcoming I
1: mean, race. I'm, I'm crewing and pacing bad water. Yeah. We don't have to go over whether the pacer should be in front or behind, like, they're not ever allowed to be in front, wow. so when you're given that chance, be thankful, yeah, that's a whole different world I never knew about but sure. um let's dive into your background. Where are you from are you yeah. Have you been like running since five on the trails and just wild woman or?
0: Um, I mean, I guess kind of in a way I did grow up in Uray, Colorado, born and raised there, uh, in the San Juan mountains,
1: which is an aid station at hard rock. It
0: is an aid station at hard rock. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know it was an aid station at hard rock for the entire time I grew up there. Um, probably until I was in my, in my teens, but yeah, I'm, I'm fourth generation. It's a tiny, tiny town, Southwest Colorado, like a thousand people um but my parents and grandparents both grew up there as well so
1: fourth generation yeah like so your family founded you ray basically
0: let's put it this way the, the dry- park is called flynn park that's my grandfather great-grandfather's name and his, no his last name he is because he owned that piece of land and sold it for some ridiculous who knows four thousand dollars or something like that uh many many years ago but just recently in the last probably 10 years, they named the park after him. Um, And I was very close to my grandmother on my mom's side. So um, that means a lot to me. But yes, I have lots of aunts and uncles in town and it's home.
1: I mean, I feel like we're in the car driving to our shot. Like we, (laughs) I I was shocked when you, um, when you told me that I had no idea. And so I mean, tell me when you got into running. Was it like a high school, middle school so type it was thing? A like middle classic school,
0: middle school thing. Yeah, I. um, So growing up, we did a ton of camping, fishing. I, I mean, my dad pretty much lived in the mountains. He he kind of like retreated to the mountains when he was a teenager to kind of get away from his huge family and his life, and spent a lot of time out in the mountains. So he kind of passed that along to to us. I myself and my brother and sister, we grew up, you know, doing these hikes that now are just so memorable, you know, outside of Silverton and every year and go with our cousins and build forts in the woods and stuff like that. And so I started, I mean, running by kind of following him down the mountain, I guess. Um, it was also in our family. I have an uncle who's fairly, fairly well-known in the sport. His name's Rick Trujillo. It's my dad's brother. Um... Kind of a pioneer of ultra running himself, so I knew about it, but I didn't. I didn't really uh, run competitively until well, middle school. I ran track. That was kind of my first foray into the sport.
1: Foray in Uray.
0: Foray in Uray.
1: Um, and so when, I mean, when, it sounds like these hikes were when you say just going for a hike. Yeah, you're in Uray, Colorado. <laughs> yeah, they're like straight up. Yeah, straight down. Yeah. Like what was what was like the memorable experience growing up on one of those? Was it like Corinne carry the grill? Like <laughs> no, grills, a, no grills, no like grills. A- so
0: so Highland Mary Lakes outside of Silverton was our annual kind of camping trip. We usually went with our cousins. Um, my cousins <laughs> are younger than me, and I do remember one one year, my little cousin Leah. I think I think it was her cat at the time brought her kitten. So. The kitten hiked, you know, the three and a half miles, who knows how much vert, I don't even remember, but it's, it's all we knew. So it was, I'm sure it was fairly steep, um, up to probably around 11, 12,000 feet. And then we would camp up there, you know, and go build forts and just hang out at the lake and fish. And
1: I mean, we could talk all about Uray, Like, yeah. what is it? Like, it's at 8,000 feet. It's
0: just under eight. It's about 7,700. Were you we
1: born in Uray?
0: Uh, I was born in Montrose, 45 okay. minutes away. Okay. Yeah. Um, there's not really a major hospital in Uray. so.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's I actually, not really a
0: major grocery I, store. I've like
1: <laughs> actually stopped there. I, I mean, I, I volunteered at Hard Rock one year, mm-hmm. and I, I, drove through. I, I should have been at that aid station. I just, yeah, I haven't had the opportunity yet. I, yeah. I definitely will. Yeah, um, it's beautiful. When did you actually start hitting the trails? Was it college? Was it high school? Where you were running?
0: Well, I ran you a little bit. On, I did run a little bit on the trails for training in, in high school. I did track and cross country. So, um, I mean, I ran the infamous Jim Brown Hill, which is the first very, it's, it's right outside of Uray to the South. Uh, it's the very first part of Imagine and it's, it's a road, but it's very steep. And, um, you know, my dad always would tell me that you train on that, you're going to do well at races. Cause it's, hard. Um, And like Oak Creek Trail, just um, above town, I'd run on that a bit. But, you know, growing up middle school and high school, I, I didn't really run specifically on the trails. I'd just run on the back roads of town or, you know, it was a combination of kind of dirt and pavement.
1: And when, I mean, were you finding a love for running early on? Or were you doing this just so that you were successful at races? I mean...
0: Yeah, I definitely. Be yeah, I, no, okay. I definitely loved loved running from the first time that I did it. I had, um, I had, you know, pretty good success being like going out in the mile and racing around the track and you know winning a race. It was like, oh, I, I can do this. I can do well at this. But I did a lot of sports. I played volleyball and basketball, um, and ran track and cross country and was in the band, <laughs> I was a cheerleader. When you're in your Ray, you do everything. So you play basketball, and then for the guys' so you, basketball game... You scored game, the
1: touchdown, and <laughs> you
0: ran over you and go got Then you go cheerlead the... <laughs> for, the, for the guys' team. There's not enough people. So uh, I loved basketball and volleyball as well. I, I, I mean, I, but I liked running. I was the best at running. So it became a little bit of a... Um, it, it also then started to carry the most pressure as I got older and into high school. Um, junior year, almost just stopped doing it altogether because I'm I, i I'm kind of a late bloomer. So I don't think maturity-wise I was there mentally to be able to prepare or to be able to handle kind of what was, you know, going on in like, you know, state track meets and things like that. Um, and so... it was a lot of pressure. I questioned whether I was doing it for myself or, you know, for being a Trujillo runner, you know, that kind of thing. And I had to go through a process of, do I really like doing this? And is this something that I'm doing for myself?
1: Did you end up running senior year? I
0: did. Yeah. Ran senior year. um, Never won a state championship. Got second in the 800 and...
1: Got second in the 800? Yeah. In Colorado?
0: Well, tiny school.
1: So D, what is it? D? Oh,
0: geez, I think no, we're, we're like five D- A. Like, yeah, <laughs> we we had to That's go college, up but... to three A because we were so small. But um, but yeah, I mean, it was I was decent, and um, I think it wasn't until going through that kind of do I like this, do I not? Doing it in college, but just for fun, not really competitively. Um, and through that whole process, eventually, kind of coming back around to like this is, this is something I do for myself that I love to do, and I want to just keep exploring it.
1: So you ran just for fun throughout college.
0: Yeah, I ran for DU, but um, okay. it was a very, very small team. I was not competitive at all, um, and most of the time we were just kind of training for the off-season cross-country team. Um, that was very good, you know. They're like had like USA Ski Team coaches and. They were our, our cross-country running coaches, too. So in a way, I actually learned a lot from running in college because they taught us things like, they didn't take it too seriously. So they taught us things like, okay, just go out and run for an hour today. That's all you need to do. Don't worry about the pace. And looking back on it, like, I mean, they know what they're talking about. They're they're good coaches. And we would, we would time trial and we would do speed work as well. But I think I learned a little bit more of a laid-back approach to it. Through their way of coaching, Trond and Knut Neistad, twins from Norway.
1: <laughs> I mean, what what other lessons did you learn there? It sounds like you probably picked up on quite a few things looking at
0: yeah, yeah,
1: your races these days.
0: Yeah, I mean, on the weekends, go out, you know, run for two or three hours in the mountains. It's something that I do to this day, you know, like um, I think...
1: That's how I train, by the way. <laughs> nice. I, it's like, uh, I feel like just having fun today, like yeah. most days, actually. Yeah. Trying, well, it should be. I, I, I still feel bad for Matt Daniels trying to coach me. <laughs> I just, like, the first seven runs I went on, I botched every workout. Like, it was a disaster. <laughs> um. But there's, the there's a lot to be said, just, like, consistency, right? Oh,
0: yeah. Having fun. Absolutely.
1: Wanting to go out.
0: Yep. For sure, for sure. I almost went to Adams and Western and ran for them. Um, we were, I was looking at those schools. And coming from Uray, uh, I wanted to go to a big school, quote-unquote big school, in the big city of Denver. Uh, and I think I think it's a, it was a blessing in disguise. You know, definitely feel like I could have burned out. I think my dad interviewed or spoke with some of those coaches. They talked about people running through stress fractures and just— it wouldn't have been a good environment
1: 100 so, mile weeks at race base probably
0: probably <laughs> i don't know hopefully a lot of that's changed but yeah definitely glad that i kind of so you a
1: graduate way. do you do you move into colorado initially and that's what like kindle's trails like did you move to california i'm trying to remember so us talking about that
0: so once i graduated from college um met my now husband we were together for a couple months and decided to move to Atlanta for his job. Okay. And so we lived in Atlanta, 2005 to 2007. And I was running just kind of casually out there um, and then got him into running. And uh, and then we came back to Colorado. We did move to California in 2013 for a year to the Bay Area um, and then back to Colorado. So I've... I've...
1: We'll have Graham on. Yeah. He's an exoskin underwear model. <laughs> so... Bar, you bars high here, and yeah, yeah. How's it feel to be married to an underwear model? Um, no, it
0: <laughs> feels amazing. I mean, it's like bucket list stuff here, dreams come true.
1: Um, and so were you converting your background into events initially, or like tell me when you signed up for your first organized race? Like, actual, like, marathon, half marathon? Yeah,
0: Yeah, after school, um, I... (laughs) This is a funny story. So, Graham Graham and I were in Atlanta together, and um, he proposed, and we were going to get married the following year. And um, he had been a smoker at that time and most people never would have ever imagined that about him and he's probably gonna hate me for saying it but he'd been smoking for 10 years like
1: no kidding
0: pretty solid you know three quarters of a pack a day kind of thing and i said hey i don't like your smoking and i i'm not i love you but i don't want to marry you unless you quit smoking i kind of gave him one year i gave him a little bit of an ultimatum and he said hey i have to do something else then and i said okay well then we are training for a marathon and he had never uh he had never run more than six miles at a time so we started with the six miles and every weekend built it up a i love longer, 10k longer.
1: distance I, <laughs> I swear it's like base level like if you can do a 10k yeah regularly yeah you can get ready for 200 miles if you want
0: sure sure he's uh did
1: so You guys sign up for Atlanta,
0: so we signed up for the Atlanta marathon. Oh,
1: you put them through the ringer.
0: Well, I didn't. I didn't know what I was getting into either because I uh, I'd never run a marathon, and you know, it's Atlanta, it's flat, right? Not the case. <laughs> it's
1: a sea <C> level. Almost. <laughs>
0: it's a it's a very hilly <laughs> marathon. So, but it was super fun. We trained for that together, and we ran it uh, right before we got married in two thousand seven. So, so did
1: was... he quit smoking to train for this marathon?
0: Yeah, kind of as part of it.
1: Good for you and him. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I would never have guessed Graham smoked. Ever.
0: Most people don't. <laughs> it's his wild side. <laughs> it's the bad boy side. It's this the underworld. This is side. like
1: how we hook and tease for like having Graham on yeah, for an episode. Exactly, exactly. Um and so how how did the marathon go?
0: So the marathon went well. It was the hardest thing I'd ever done at the time. I felt like my legs were gonna fall off, you know, 18, 19 miles in, the infamous twenty mile wall um just joint pain like i'd never had before kind of i mean pounding on the roads is its own beast so it went well i think we ran a whopping like 4 hours 20 minutes and uh you we were happy it, with that you
1: ran together the entire we time we
0: ran together the whole time oh my gosh yeah yeah
1: what good. what a romantic story <laughs> um
0: we suffered together
1: and and so were you signing up like quickly afterwards or was it like recovering wedding planning
0: so yeah i want to
1: hear when you got into trails real running real running (laughs) i'm just
0: kidding (laughs) you're so bad um yeah so we finished that it was kind of like kind of a one and done i mean we just focused on getting married after that we moved back to colorado and um graham said i I like this runny stuff, but I would like it more if it was in the mountains. And he is a skier. He has always loved the mountains, you know, kind of a climber or mountaineer, not not rock climbing, but like mountaineering. And so he decided that he was gonna sign up for the Imogene uh race in URA. And I said, I will never run Imogene.
1: <laughs> really? Yeah. Um was he like just like
0: he was just kind of all in. He was like, I'm like, wanna, we're
1: going to be in town, like, I might this. as well let's do go, this. You can visit MG. your family. Yeah,
0: and. yeah he cool. just wanted to do it. He just got really interested in the race itself and was wanted to train for it. And um, and then two years after he did it, I did it because...
1: You had to beat his time?
0: No, I actually don't think I've beat his time. But I've run it three times since. So, yeah, it, uh, it carried a little bit of uh, family pressure. My <laughs> uncle, Rick founded the race I'm pretty sure he had the record on it for many years like at that I guess now I was a shall so I could just pretend I wasn't a Trujillo but um, but yeah I had to wrap my head around it a little bit before actually deciding to run it and also thought it was super difficult I mean it is it's a very it's a very hard race and coming from running flat most of the time it was not something that intuitively I was like oh that sounds fun. What, I, I
1: mean, that. for a listeners, like, what is she talking about?
0: Yeah. So, what oh, you want, what's, what's yeah, the one? Yeah, just <laughs> 101. Imogene 101. Yeah. So, the Imogene Pass Run is a race from the town of Uray to the town of Telluride. It goes over Imogene Pass, which is a four-wheel drive race. Uh, Road and uh, you start and you ray about 7,700 feet. You climb up, it's 10 miles up and seven miles down, and you get up to 13, I should know, but 13,2 or something Mm -hmm. like that at the top of the pass. And then it's pretty much straight down into town, seven miles steep downhill, um, into the town of Telluride. Sounds
1: very similar to Pikes Peak in terms of like probably course profile, right
0: yes with which with much fewer switchbacks yeah yeah okay and it's 17 miles total so it's it's a little short a little but... shorter but yes very uh, higher yeah pretty high altitude and just a uh, lot of relentless climbing and then descending
1: and did that actually get you excited about more trail running or was it the training process where you're like oh maybe I throw in a 25 mile race here to get ready for that 17 17-
0: yeah, no, I don't really, I don't think I ran super long in preparation for that. I mean, this is before I worked with a coach. We just would go up and try to get high altitude stuff, would run um, some of, around some of the 14ers. And I did enjoy the the training for it, um, but I, I still don't love climbing. It's something I continue to work on, figuring out. How to do it well, um, but I love descending.
1: We'll, so. re- we'll redact that so no one from you, Ray, hears that. comment.
0: <laughs> that, I, that I don't um, love climbing. <laughs> that's okay.
1: You might get stopped and not allowed back into you, Ray, by honest. like the local sheriff.
0: Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> you probably know. I know. It. It's probably a relative. I, I totally know. <laughs> I could get my way out of that.
1: Um, and like, when did you find yourself on ultra sign up? When did you go a little bit bigger beyond your? Your local comfort zone. So
0: I think that around Imogene, when, it was first, when I was first running it, is around the time we started, like, somebody told us about this app called Strava. And we're like, oh, that's cool. Let's sign up for that. And then... Dangerous. It, it just <laughs> snowballed from there. Um, you know, I then I was really having a lot of fun at these trail races that were shorter distance, you know, between 10K and... Half marathon or maybe like twenty five k, that kind of thing, mm-hmm. and um, and yeah, I, I just was enjoying it and kind of kept doing it. I you know I had a couple of kids in between.
1: Yeah, tell then me about that. Now. <laughs> I mean, I mean, seriously, I think your runnings probably improved vastly over those years. Um, Tell me about that because I mean, it's it's in my book. We, my wife and I, had a ton of trouble having our second child. Mm-hmm. You know, the aftermath of all of that very difficult, and I mean, it sounds like you have two boys. I do. They've been yeah. over to to play with my two boys. Yep. Uh, I mean, easy process for you?
0: Um,
1: I can't imagine not. having a single child ever being easy. But I
0: don't know that it's anyone would ever call it easy. I had pretty easy pregnancies, um, until after my second pregnancy. That's a whole story, but. I you know I got lucky with with pregnancies. I got lucky with uh, you know getting pregnant actually actually so Dash my, my sons are nine and six stone and Dash and uh, after um, after Sto is born what we were getting we were trying to get pregnant with Dash and I actually ended up having a miscarriage which I found out at the time is so, so common, and I don't think a lot of people realize that.
1: No one ever talks about it. No one
0: ever talks about it. Um, You
1: think you're the only one, right, at the time?
0: Yeah, we were living in— Hollywood. In San Fran, and it was super difficult. I mean, yeah, it just—it was a crazy thing to go through. It was very emotional. But, you know, after that, we did get pregnant with my second son, and uh, everything was fine. Had him. Uh, He was fine. And then uh, about three or four hours later, I found myself in the emergency room— uh, with uh, my placenta had not fully delivered. So I was having uh, major bleeding and uh, ended up having it's to...
1: deadly, right? Yeah,
0: it's it's the way that women would die in childbirth 50 years ago. I mean, yeah, it was not something that I was at all prepared for. It was very traumatizing for the whole family. I mean, a uh, very difficult time for Graham. And, you know, so I'm... You know, I'm lucky to be alive and uh, (laughs) blessed that I have two healthy boys. Did,
1: Did that experience change your perspective on life for yourself, but then change perspective, even going down to the level of running Yeah, and like your pain thresholds and that sort of stuff. Like when you're running and something hurts and you're like, I've experienced pain. I almost died. Like, I was a few hours away from death, like...
0: Yeah, I, I think it does. I think it does. I think maybe I would think about that a little bit more, you know, years ago when it was closer to when I had actually had uh, had the kids. But I do think you can draw on that. And more of, I would say more than overcoming the pain, because it's such a different pain, I think that... um what I take away from it is is just an appreciation for being able to do it and an yeah. appreciation for life in general. Um, yeah, it's a scary thing to to have an experience like that. and it's hard when you get caught up in the in the day to day and the minutia and the busyness to pay attention, but it's important to just always appreciate that. I
1: market. mean when it, yeah, when it comes to like, oh, did Solomon share that photo? Like it just puts things in perspective. I find like big events like that just yeah. such great perspective on like what's yep. important, what's not. Yep. Um, and Solomon did share actually, Air, Air Vipa shared a photo of <laughs> you, uh, recently. I, I remember seeing that one. And this is someone you should follow on Instagram and social media as much as possible. I'm dead serious. She has <laughs> awesome races coming up. Um, Tell me progression in terms of running. Did you go out and do more marathons and then leap into ultra running or tell me about that transition? And then like you, you, I think you run for Air Viper now I'm not mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. You seem to take a liking to their races and deserts. Tell me more about that too.
0: Sure. So, okay. So to answer the first question, uh, it was kind of like I'magine doing some of these mountain races for a few years. Um, while, you know, racing and running a little bit in between kind of uh, raising kids and having young kids, but I didn't really, it wasn't a huge focus, uh, but I still enjoyed it. And it became a way for, you know, both Graham and I to get out and have breaks from the kids. I mean, it's, you know, that's what something that's so cool about running is that it can just be so many things and serve so many purposes at different times in your life. And so for that period of time, I think it was just, you know, it was stress relief. It was staying in shape. It was having a little bit of fun with racing. Um, and then as the boys got older, you know, uh, Graham actually is the one that initiated. He said, I've, I read this article about this guy, and I think I might reach out to him about some coaching. And... <laughs> uh, <laughs> And he's He's (laughs) not the
1: only one to ever do that.
0: (laughs) And he goes, you know, if I'm going to try this, I'm going to see how good I can get at it. And I just I really appreciated his just he's very intentional that way. I'm going to do this. I'm going to give it my all. I'm going to figure out the resources I need to do it. And that's not something that I would have naturally kind of been drawn to. I, I'm I would be more I was more of a like, I'm gonna do this just for myself. I don't need any pressure. I don't need a coach. I don't want the you know extra kind of weight of that. I don't want it to be another job. But he has a different perspective. So he started working with a coach in David Roach and then um, about I I don't know a few months after they started working together, I realized that it's probably something that would benefit me as well. And I loved their approach, and it was doable with my lifestyle. Um, And so I have been working with Megan for four plus years. Um, And that I would say that that was kind of the start of just, I'd had some really good races right before I started uh, working with her, but in doing that and building the consistency and the volume, I started to get a little bit more confident with thinking about running longer races and just exploring what that would be all about.
1: I mean, is there one or two races that stick out in your mind like early on? I'm trying to, I'm trying to picture when you threw down a pretty good Leadville Marathon.
0: Yeah, that that was not that long ago. That was was,
1: pretty good races. (laughs) That was only
0: a few years ago, but I would say early on when I was kind of really focusing on running, I ran the Hot Chocolate 15K in Denver. It's a road race, but
1: just for the medal,
0: because it (laughs) looks like a chocolate bar, (laughs) and I love candy, so yes, partly that, Um, but. I actually won that race and I nice. won a few hundred bucks and I surprised myself and I was like, Hey, this is I you know, I <laughs> Graham and Stove missed the finish. It was like I was like, I was running down Broadway in first place <laughs> All
1: all the glory. Nope.
0: <laughs> they were just off getting hot they, chocolate. I mean They were in great.
1: line for free hot chocolate. <laughs> yeah while mom was winning the race
0: yeah but uh, it, that's it was a really fun race and it was it was uh i think it was one of the things where i was like whoa i feel like i could do well at this so let's keep trying let's keep doing it
1: so mom just ran what was it the hot
0: chocolate <laughs> the hot chocolate 15k
1: yeah. and won it yeah and and Graham and
0: so
1: still missed it yeah um I mean, tell me about the follow-up to that. I mean, you won a few hundred dollars, you're running, you had fun, mm-hmm. you're probably, like, you, you felt like you're in the best shape of your life. Where, I mean, where does your running go over the next few years?
0: Yeah, so uh, it stuck, I stuck with kind of the shorter distance stuff. So I have, I kind of joked that it took me like 25 years of running to build up to my first 50k. <laughs> because I like
1: that comment you said that to me
0: I was very hesitant um you know I I really admire people who just jump into this sport and they're like I've been running for two years I'm running a 100 miler it's I I mean it's hugely admirable but it's not me it's too like that that's just too stressful um to think about and I I don't know I don't know what it is about my personality who knows if it would have been better to start doing this earlier. Um, But I do always think of the fact that I want to be a runner for the rest of my life. It's something that I'm going to do until, like, I physically can't do it anymore. And so I guess I would say that I take a very, very long, long, long long-term approach to everything. And whether that's just a, you know... Maybe it's maybe it's a lack of confidence to go after those longer distances. Maybe it's wanting to feel prepared before I do, um, or you know, I guess as I've learned more about myself, it's probably that I know I'm not going to do well at it until until I know deep down that I want to do it, and that time just hadn't come yet. So. Once I had run a few longer races, um, maybe 25 milers or so, I I then was like, you know, there's a race near where I live that I decided I wanted to try for my first 50K. It's a fairly low-key event. It's the Indian Creek. It's actually a 55K. Um, And I decided to sign up for that and make it my big race of the year. I think it was in 2018. Yeah. And... um,
1: You build confidence off that?
0: Yeah, I I enjoy, enjoyed it way more than I expected to. Kind of like Imogene, I was like, I'm going to do this, but I don't know how I'm going to feel about it. I might do it and never want to do it again. And I just really, I think I was excited about, you know, how how well I could do, but but I was also excited about, like, how I felt in, in the race. And it it demystified it's 50K, it's 55K. And it was just like that extra 10
1: K scares so many people. It's yeah. like, but, but in all honesty, like a marathon, a road marathon, the vert is so different than a trail marathon. Absolutely. In most cases, it's like, it's night and day,
0: but a road marathon scares me too. <laughs> That's a different, you have to have a different, it uh... <laughs>
1: scares me a, heck of a lot more than a 50 K. Yeah. I can power hike yeah. uh, anytime I want in a 50 K. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll end up power hiking at mile 17 of a road marathon. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: you um, won't. No, you won't.
1: So, I I was fortunate enough. You came up to me in the gym, actually, um, during, I think it was Black Canyon Black. 100K. Yeah. And I think I had met you at Megan and David's book signing. Yeah. Uh, they, they came to Lone Tree, Runner's yeah. Roost, awesome event, mm-hmm. and I... Absolutely love those two for touring basically around Denver and um, building awareness there. But it was cool. Like, I had not heard of you. And then, um, I mean, we had briefly met and I got to experience like kind of pre-race nervousness, right?
0: (laughs) In the gym at Black Canyon.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's like, ah, like nervously talking to each other. Um, Totally. And then that actually, your podcast with, I think, Todd. Mm -hmm. Uh, who that was his first 100k also mm-hmm. it's like was one of my better podcasts honestly i think a lot of people are interested in that experience so check that episode out if interested in hearing more but you you were happy about that outcome
0: black Canyon 100k it
1: seemed like it was a confidence builder but you also had some like things you've kind of figured out towards the end and you didn't execute that race yeah how did you follow that up?
0: Yeah, so so I ran my first 100K and my second 100K, both in 2020. So this is before the pandemic started, uh, was Black Canyon. And then in October, they still did hold Havelina 100K. So uh, yeah, Black Canyon being my first, I mean, it was an awesome course. It was a really great experience. Um, you know, I was prepared going in for everything to go wrong from a physical, you know, hydration, whatever, stomach, all these things. And then the thing that ended up happening was I pretty much had a panic attack in the middle of the race. Um, And I wasn't prepared for that. And it kind of derailed me. And just having an emotional reaction was something that I was like, whoa, what the heck do I do now?
1: Surprised me. I I had not talked to someone that admitted, I guess, to like having a minor panic attack yeah, or, I mean, or full-blown Well,
0: no, attack. I don't think it was major. Um, I think it was an anxiety attack more than anything. Um, but it was just... It's um, like mile
1: 50, I want to say.
0: 40, 40. 40. <laughs> <laughs> Good memory, though.
1: <laughs> it was... Yeah. I,
0: mean, do, I do think it, whether it's an anxiety attack or just an emotional kind of breakdown, I think it ha- probably happens more often than people admit I, there was the same aid station that i was struggling at there was a guy that came through he was crying i mean i i feel like this happens <laughs> and it's I, probably something I think you were ahead of me <laughs> <laughs> it, his name was rob he's <laughs> <was> really teary
1: <laughs> i was chafing so bad i went out so hard hit a wall oh that was awful yeah, yeah. what a horrible race i had yeah. Um,
0: but I definitely felt like I had a little bit more, I, I didn't have the perfect day. So yeah,
1: clearly. I mean, I think you took 20th or something like that. I mean, it, yeah. was, it was, and like most 17. people would be like,
0: yes, yeah.
1: like that was a good race. And I was and happy
0: with that. Look, it was were, a very stacked ultra. I was,
1: how did Havelina hundred K go?
0: Yeah. And then Havelina, I felt like all came together. I kind of was prepared going in that this might happen. What am I going to do if it happens? And, um, I ran, uh, I feel like I ran a really, really solid race there. Um, I ended up taking second. I think uh, Lisa Roberts, the triathlete convert who's come into the sport with a bang, is she flew past me on the third loop and I thought she was running the 100 miler. So I wasn't really worried about
1: it. (laughs) You're just chilling. But there's no
0: way I could have kept up with her anyway. So yeah, but taking second at that race was, and with the time I ran, I felt, I just felt so much better about it. I felt like I had learned and then, you know, put that into practice.
1: That's, I mean, that's amazing follow-up.
0: Yeah, it was good.
1: I've I've seen that trophy in your guys' dining
0: room. It's a great trophy. It's like the best trophy. I
1: I need to share that with this episode. Your guys' dining room trophy case. And Graham, (laughs) Graham did well, right?
0: He was also second, second male
1: so that's that's pretty crazy
0: yeah and
1: and the guy that passed him he was like oh he's running the hundred miler
0: which is like a couples thing i I think that i think (laughs) i don't know who won the i think he might have been out ahead from the get-go but i don't know
1: and and so you've definitely gained confidence and then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden COVID hits Mm -hmm. and so i mean that six-month chunk I mean, when's like the last race you've done? I, I want to hear. Sure.
0: Yeah. I actually raced not that long ago. I raced the Collegiate Peaks um, 25 miler. It was May 1st.
1: There's was all that exoskin filming training that yep. really converted.
0: Yeah. I think just switching up, going back and forth over rocks, like over, over and over and over. And over, and over, and over. And over. <laughs> it's this technique that everyone should Take really 27. try 27.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> like Yeah. <laughs>
1: Can you smile this time, Corinne? <laughs> um, how and that race went well.
0: It did. It did. I was super happy with that. I was kind of just going for a time goal. Wanted to run like sub four hours, and I think I ran a three thirty-five. Um, and really happy. I was. I felt like closed well in that race, and just um, yeah, it was great. It was a great, great day. A beautiful so, course. Too.
1: And so now, you have what in store for yourself in twenty twenty. Or is this it 2022? Is I don't even know. <laughs> I
0: think. What day of the week is it? So, yeah. So, um, I am uh, prepping for my first 100 miler. So, when I ran the Leadville Marathon two years ago, I got a coin entry to the, or got offered a coin. You can take it or not uh, for the 100, which is an automatic entry into the 100 the miler. And Um, I really did not have plans to run 100 miler that early. Like I said, it's taken me a long time to build up to the 50K, 100K distance. But at the same time, I think I'm also a big believer in that things happen for a reason and decided, why not? Let's try it. I mean, people really try hard to get into this race. It's a beautiful course. Maybe somebody's telling me something. So um, yeah, so I carried that coin around with me. I still carry it. It's in my purse right now. I carry it with me everywhere I go, um, but because because I'm,
1: I'm, I haven't seen one before, oh, that's interesting. See it. <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not?
0: Because it's it Postponed.
1: You hear that bag of candy, by the way? Yeah, that's what she carries Reese's in her purse. In
0: there. Definitely Reese's, and oh geez, it might take a while to get to it. I uh, don't know. We might have to come back to it. It's all good. It's like in the bottom of my mom purse. So yeah, it's all good. Uh, but yeah, so it's just a it's a gold coin that says a hundred on it. So that's the plan for this year. Is and, to.
1: And so, what's the plan on getting yeah. prep for a hundred miler? I mean, and I I don't want you to like go through the Megan Roach training plan for a hundred miler. <laughs> um, but like, do you have just a general like game plan for yourself so that. You're both physically, but mentally it sounds like, yeah. so you don't have a panic attack at some point and hundred milers are difficult, especially at Leadville. Yeah. 10,200 just at the start line. And then, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a notorious, it's a dream race. I'm so thankful to finally be able to run it this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just have to hear more about how you're getting prepared.
0: Yeah. So I would say, you know, high level, um, I will continue to kind of ramp up mileage a little bit more than normal. I'm not that high of a mileage athlete. I mean, I probably average 50 mile weeks most of the time. So I think that'll get a little higher. Um, but then I'll just plan to do a lot more running at high altitude, uh, as possible. I have a couple of races planned for, I mean, collegiate peaks was higher altitude, I'll do training runs and long runs on the weekends at higher altitude and just more mountainous stuff. Are you
1: and I'm throwing sp- in a fifty miler. Or? No,
0: I'm running the Silverton Al- Alpine 50K.
1: That's yeah, that's a nice one. Yeah, that's probably steeper than anything you'll see in Leadville.
0: Yeah, and then I'm also pacing Graham, my husband, for the last 25 miles of the Array 50 at the end of July, which will be a great. Is
1: he paying run. you back? Is he going to pace you for Leadville?
0: He is. He's pacing me. Cool. The. Last thirteen miles of Lightville.
1: My goal is not to get beat too bad by you during that race. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm totally kidding. Uh, you're
0: so, gonna do great. No,
1: I think fifty miles is. I mean, that's such a solid distance where you're not exerting yourself to the point of breaking,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you're depending on how you do it. And we both know, like, it's more about time on your feet, depending on train and everything else, but. People think you to run a hundred mile. You need to be doing hundred mile weeks. Mm-hmm. Like, what? What do you think your peak mileage will be? Like a seventy mile week, maybe?
0: Maybe seventy to eighty. Tops. Depending
1: on the verb. Yeah,
0: yeah. It won't go higher than that. And I think that that's something I've learned over you know four years of training consistently is that it it doesn't. It, it, You can't, you can't put that kind of a strain of a, of a huge effort that's, you know, 40, 50 miles, unless it's a race maybe on your body. And then it takes time to recover from that. So if you want to consistently train over time and stay healthy and it's just doable. And then it's about trusting that training when you get into the race. And I think it takes time to learn that and you have to go through some races where you maybe didn't know if you had trained enough and then realize you did to get to that point of being like I trust it.
1: Yeah. I mean, do you do any cross training? No. It's okay. I mean
0: I'm really bad at like, cross training. I'm like I do a little bit kind of, co- of like I do a little bit of core, core? work. Okay. But um I I met a guy at the Solomon Academy uh who he started trail gangsters in Arizona, it's AZ at the end. Uh, and his name is Rory. And he has a video that is spot on. He's also a rapper, he's very talented. Um, you should have him on the show. But <laughs> he has a video called War, uh, which stands for weak ass runner. And he's like, <laughs> I'm a weak ass runner. I don't do no core, no arms. I'm a weak ass runner. And that's pretty much <laughs> me.
1: You're built like you're supposed to run. Come on, Cryn. And <laughs> um, I have
0: no upper body strength. <laughs> I could definitely improve that.
1: We should have you try to do a pull-up on film no. for the YouTube video. No, thank
0: you. <laughs> Pass.
1: Um, so how is it doing 50-mile weeks as a mom of two? I mean, you have a nine- and six-year-old, which mm-hmm. I'm going to give you slight leg up versus a six- and three-year-old like me. <laughs> but, I mean, it sounds like you and Graham have some cool system down where, like, you're getting great time with the kids, but then you do a trade-off where it's, like, one-on-one time with mom or dad, and then the, yeah. the other's getting, you know, miles in. Yeah. I mean, tell me about that philosophy. Because sure. David and Megan didn't teach you that one, you know?
0: Yeah, no, I and, and we both work full-time. I mean, uh, Graham probably runs 60 to 70 miles a week. So, big part of it is that we both have flexible enough jobs that we can – build our own schedules a bit and find ways to fit in runs, whether it's midday or early morning or something like that. But um, it's just a lot of communication. And it's, you know, what does your day look like? What does my day look like? Hey, now that we're working from home, we can run together every now and then. When the when the boys were not in school uh, during COVID and they were re- remote learning from home. It was very difficult. Um, I mean, you just take turns, but it's it, it was really hard. So luckily they're back in school and they're doing a summer program. So we have a little bit of time there. But yeah, on the weekends, it's who wants to take the early shift and I'll meet you at the trailhead. Yeah, and, you
1: said that before, yeah. like early shift, late shift. Yeah. So you guys, will you do that Saturday and Sunday? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Very cool.
0: And then are there any events the kids have going on or sports or things like that, that we have to build into the schedule
1: and go figure so you have to communicate if you're married to someone okay
0: pretty important
1: i mean we just saved three marriages for podcast listeners and youtube viewers um
0: i mean whiteboard communicate whatever you need to do
1: google (laughs) Google calendars i heard i heard oh yeah if i if i want
0: something (laughs) like if we need to do something i gotta put it on his calendar
1: um tell me about the community that you've created in castle rock? Cause it sounds like you created something special that wasn't there. Yeah. I don't give away the awesome trail trails that are down there. Um, I don't want, I don't want to get overrun with runners. <laughs> no, but tell me yeah. about building that and like how that process has been and, and what you've kind of learned through that process.
0: So, when we moved back from San Francisco, we we decided to buy in Castle Rock. It was 2014. And when we got there, we were super excited that we had uh, the Ridgeline trail system real close to where we lived. It's quite a bit of single track trail. You know, it's not crazy steep, but there's a lot of up and down and there's, you can get a lot of miles. So we were really excited about that. So we actually were trying to find, is there a running group down here? And we couldn't find one. Um, And so Graham said, let's start one. And for a year, it was myself, Graham, the stroller, the dog, and one friend, Steve Swanson, who came out once a week, every week, for like most of the summer, we didn't run in the winter. And we'd run around, like we'd run a loop around the neighborhood. We actually weren't on the trails at that time. And then about a year later, Uh, we started to meet some people through Strava because we started like stealing segments from each other (laughs) locally. And then we became friends. And um, I don't know, second year, there's probably like 20, 30 people in it. And today we've got like, I think on Facebook, we have like 285 members and um, Strava is like 250. We keep I don't know if we keep having to bump it down because notifications don't go out on Strava groups, which really frustrates me. Strava, please help.
1: Uh, <laughs> I love how you looked at the camera for that. It's awesome.
0: <laughs> but, uh, but it's grown into this really awesome group of people. So supportive. We're, we go, we run on the trails twice a week, uh, first thing in the morning at 530 on Wednesdays and Fridays. And then we usually get together on the weekends for long runs as well um and it it just grew very organically i think that's the one thing that i've learned is starting something like that you just got to give it time and it might take years but that actually ends up being the best result because same, how naturally it happens same
1: thing with podcasts yeah. and everything else and my first few episodes like 300 downloads it's like Yeah. Well, 300. Yeah, (laughs) No, no, that never entered my head. Oh, good. It was like, I just talked to Io Wang for an hour. That was awesome. Yeah. I love every second of it. And I feel like for your running group, like you love every second of it and you'd be stoked on Wednesdays. Was it Wednesdays, Friday morning?
0: Wednesday and Friday mornings. Yeah.
1: If you had 25 guys, 25 members.
0: Absolutely.
1: Even a couple people just yeah.
0: just having people to share that that love to other people as well. yeah yeah
1: what else am i missing am i missing anything else
0: um
1: what what about you i mean if i end this conversation and like yeah rob really missed that part of my story like that's that's definitely something that i wanted to share or talk about
0: well i think one thing is that I, I think that this, you know, the sport of ultra running in particular is so cool that you can continue to do it later in life and that you can keep getting better later in life. I mean, I'm probably running the best I ever have in my life and I'm 39 years old. I mean, I, I never thought that would happen. And so I think I would I think that something that's important for people getting into the sport is to know that if you don't you don't need to be limited by your age, you don't need to be limited by your like circumstances or your lifestyle that you, if you really want to do it, just go for it and stay consistent and you'll be surprised at how well you can do. And I think it's, it's something that's just, um, you know, become a real blessing in in my life to be able to kind of get to a next level in a sport later on. And, um, and then, you know, share that with kids, family, community.
1: Well, we'll stay in touch and eventually we'll have you and Graham back on because I want to hear that kind of collaborative process. And there's a lot of us out there that are, you know, trying to figure that out. So Mm it sounds like you have a good system. Best of luck at Leadville. 100. Yeah. If if I'm running in front of you, there's a problem. (laughs) I I will be dropping at Twin Lakes for sure. No, that's
0: my plan is that you be in front of me the first 50.
1: (laughs) Yeah. We call that just having fun for the first <laughs> half, and then like yeah. actually running. Um, I, I, that's actually probably a good strategy. Um, but where can people follow you on social? And again, I highly recommend following her and Graham.
0: So I'm uh, Corinne Chalvoyage. It's my last name is Chalvoy. Everyone says Chalvoyage. It's Chalvoyage, like voyage. I have
1: <laughs> to put that in the show <laughs> notes for you guys.
0: Corinne, just this
1: complicated.
0: Oh yeah. You can't, uh, nobody spells my name right. Anyways, <laughs> it's a Corinne underscore Shell Voyage. And then uh, my husband is running while corporate.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you for taking so much time, yep. both with the podcast, but then also all your help with ExoSkin's, uh, you know, ads and, and video that we've done there. Yeah, so thanks that's so been much. Awesome. Yeah, thanks so much for taking your time today.
0: Thanks, Rob.
1: And that was episode 172. I hope you enjoyed it. Big thank you to the show's sponsors. Hammer Nutrition, Exoskin. We'll have a new title sponsor. Big shout out to you Patreon supporters. We couldn't do this podcast without you guys. Really enjoy the closed Facebook group conversations. And hopefully you're seeing value in this podcast. And I'm really trying to make this fascinating, fun, educational, putting it all into one for your trail and ultra runs. So really appreciate you guys. Don't forget to enjoy your training. Have a great week.